The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the week. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, so shop now with BubbleGenius.com and pick up their Fresh Pick Suds Flower Soap Gift Pack. A selection of pretty flower soaps and a host of delicate floral scents, and you can carry your flower soaps with you in an adorable little reusable vinyl bag. Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Now, Biff, don't con me. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. These are the latest pictures from the Mars probe, NASA's most recent triumph in space. Now NASA embarks on its most daring and exciting project yet. On July 4th of this year, America will blow up the moon. We have the technology. America can, should, must, and will blow up the moon. And we'll be doing it during a full moon, so we make sure we get it all. Blowing up the moon fever has gripped the entire country, including the president himself, Guy Whitey Corngood. Let's do this. We are just ecstatic, our whole family. We're going to have a party and watch the moon blow up. I'm going to bake a cake in the shape of the moon blowing up. Look out, moon, America's going to get you. Going to go kaboom. Was nice to have met you, because you don't mess around with God's America. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, February 9, 20, 2017. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Uh, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hey there. Hi. How are you? Mm. Now, Ben, don't con me. Yep. Uh, we are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or you can just click the link on the podcast page and it takes you right to that page. Okay, some uh, some announcements here, some morning announcements before we start the show. First of all, I want to welcome our newest affiliate. We have a brand new affiliate. We do. Yes, and it is Salon.com, and I'm not making that up. Yes. I've been writing for uh, Salon since uh, May of 2015, and they uh, have now just launched a featured audio section, like a a brand new vertical with podcasts on it, and there are about half a dozen of them, and we are one. Yep. Bob and Chess Show, right there on Salon.com. So uh, get ready. I have no idea what this means, but it means something big, maybe. So there's that. Uh, we also have more morning announcements. We have a brand new, super fast, dedicated server now. Our uh, podcast is now being hosted, and the, and the website for the podcast is now being hosted on a server that, that we control. It is like the entire server is ours, all, all ours. Cool. And uh, 
The investigations will begin by Trey Gowdy any day now. So thank you very much. Because we're not, you're not supposed to do that, are you? I guess. <laughs> I guess everyone does it. No, Hillary Clinton is supposed to. Everybody else, apparently, if you're associated with Trump. <laughs> That's right. The law says <laughs> if your name is Hillary Clinton, you can't have your own server. Yeah. Um, so there's that, too. So w- the site was running so slow, especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Every time we would premiere a new show, the site would just slow to a crawl. Because I imagine everyone's just refreshing the website or refreshing their iTunes or whatever, waiting for the new episode of the show to drop. And even when I was going to post the show, so we, we record the show. As soon as we're finished recording, I get everything ready. I bleep all of our profanity. And then I, I put it on the web. And what happens is just in the process of doing that, it's so excruciatingly slow. It takes me two, three times the amount of time to, to actually just post the show, trying to weed my way through the slow server. But now we're on a server by itself. We're the only website on this server, which means I guess it means, because I don't know how all of this crap works, I guess it means we're much faster now. And it and it feels, the website does feel much faster. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and, and you will be too once you start downloading the show. And it's, it's so much faster. Um, and then one final note. This is a note, sort of a bummer note. And I, but I just, I've resisted doing this and saying this for a long, long time. Do not use Stitcher anymore. Stitcher Radio was great for a long, long time. I really uh, enjoyed, I would even listen to a lot of shows myself through Stitcher. It was really convenient, especially in the car. But we have been having a problem with the show. I don't know if you've noticed this, Chez, but uh, the, the show has not been refreshing on Stitcher. Mm. We do two free shows now per week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. The problem is that Stitcher, for the longest time, wasn't refreshing our, our page on Stitcher for like two weeks ongoing. It would just go like two weeks. Oh, and then suddenly the latest episode of the show would appear, but it would be like 10 days late. And so... I would write to technical support and I would let them know over and over again. You got to refresh the page more often for the Bob and Chez show. Why are our shows are getting up there late? I'm getting lots of complaints now at the very least they refresh the, the, the site or the page for, for the show about once a week, which is of course meaningless because it happens on Sundays. And that means the Tuesday show is completely irrelevant to anyone who wants to listen on stitcher because it's now almost a week has gone by before they actually refresh our show and so people can listen it's so aggravating so please don't use it don't even bother with it just go if you have the uh, podcast app on your iphone or whatever like just use that if you can uh right. or just go through the website or something like that and and so i i've really really struggled with that and and now i just i'm at the point where we're saying ah, get rid of it explode stitcher stitcher is useless anymore and we don't want it so that's that so that's all the, sh- the show notes here at the b- beginning of the show thank you uh okay so i guess we need to <sighs> to do a napoleon dynamite sigh because i was just looking at the first big story and this is something that just dropped it has to do with you remember donald trump had that call with vladimir putin i don't know if yeah it was... yeah i saw this I just, <clears throat> I just saw it it wasn't saturday it was like a week ago saturday and uh reuters has this story it's an exclusive well here's i'll just read the headline Exclusive. In call with Putin, Trump denounced Obama-era nuclear arms treaty, says sources. God damn. But not only that, not only did he denounce the new START treaty, Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty, that's what START stands for. Not only did he denounce it, but he didn't even, he didn't know what it was. 
He didn't know. Wrong. Yeah, it's true. This guy's a traitor. He's he horrendous. Is. I just tweeted this morning. I was like, 25th Amendment, uh, impeachment, whatever. This guy has to be removed from office. Has to be removed from office. Because it's just a mess. Wait till he starts. He and hasn't even. So, you know, it's so messed up because yeah. when they, not, not to get off on a tangent, but when, when, uh, uh, Sessions was, uh, you know, when Sessions was confirmed, mm-hmm. um, somebody did a story on how the alt right are all thrilled and happy because they they say that this is advancing, you know, the country one more one more step toward being white America, you know, a racist land. Um, and it was somebody who said, like, one of the comments was was, yeah, you know what, we're closer to the to the the Trump dictatorship, and he was happy about this. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, are you people? F- insane yeah i think they are i think they really really are i went off on a a tweet storm last night about because i was really i'm really trying to i guess this is one of the uh trains of thought that i'm off on right now is getting through to those rust belt red state red district voters who aren't getting the word we're doing a fantastic job and by by we i actually mean the left and activists i don't consider myself one of the activists but as far as the left goes and the left uh, resistance to donald trump goes fantastic job so far i mean really just relentless and it's been great the problem is is that it's not getting through to the red red districts the people who voted for, like, say, for example, and this is sort of the notorious uh, demographic, the people who voted for Barack Obama in 2012 but voted for Trump in 2016, the message isn't getting through to them. And we're seeing it in some polling. We're also seeing it. I was listening to Nicole Wallace on Brian Williams the other night on MSNBC saying that she's got this focus group of Trump voters in eastern or in western Pennsylvania. And she said that they, that they, they love what he's doing. That's <laughs> but, it. I mean, if you submerge yourself in... Fox News yeah. and talk radio and Breitbart and Infowars. And that's all you watch and read and see and hear. That's, I mean, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Reality's never going to get through to you. Yeah, exactly. And well, the other thing is, is that Donald Trump is speaking directly to those people. He's not right, exactly. He's not talking to the whole country. Like Barack Obama would speak to the whole country, even the people who hated him. Donald Trump only speaks to the people who support him. So he's pandering to their frustrations. Right. He's pandering to their ignorance and lack of education. Do you think any of those voters who switched from Obama to Trump between 2012 and 2016, do you think the people who watch Fox News Channel and cheer on the Muslim ban and support and retweet all of his ridiculousness, do you think they understand or even know what Marbury versus Madison is? I mean, I know that sounds tremendously of elitist not. of me to say that. Do, do they even know what Marbury versus Madison is? But it's true. These are little subtle things that you need to be aware of if you're going to follow American politics. And if you're not aware of judicial review, th- then obviously you're going to support nincompoops like Donald Trump who don't care about judicial review. I assure you, Donald Trump doesn't know what Marbury versus Madison is. He doesn't understand that. I bet he can't tell you which article in the Constitution has to do with the judiciary. He doesn't know these things. Of course he doesn't. He doesn't care because he's lazy. He's lazy, but also his people don't care and they don't know. So his voters, his supporters, his, his base, they don't know about any of this stuff. So, of course, he's not going to say, well, you know, if we look at the decision of Marbury versus Madison and they would say, well, the judicial review was established at that point, which hadn't been really locked down and was a major landmark Supreme Court. He doesn't know any of that stuff and he doesn't care. All they know is we got to get the brown people. 
<laughs> That's what he's all about. The other thing he doesn't know about, apparently, is the new START treaty. In his first call as president with Russian leader Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump denounced a treaty that caps U.S. and Russian deployment of nuclear warheads as a bad deal for the United States, according to two U.S. officials and one former U.S. official with knowledge of the call. He throws that around so willy-nilly. Yeah. He really does, because that's his that's his thing. That's like his catchphrase. His deal, yes. You know, it's a bad bad deal. Out of the deal. deal. I'm going to I'm going to have a I'm going to have a better deal. No, you're and not. You know why? Because <laughs> right. you're a terrible businessman. Absolutely. You've always been a terrible businessman. You, really you are a is. hack in everything you do. The only thing you're good at is self-promotion. Worse than that is the only thing that he believes actually has worked are the things that he's been involved with. He automatically assumes that if anyone cut a, anyone else except Trump cut a deal, then it's automatically a bad deal, right? Wrong. So in this case, he believes that Start was a bad deal. I bet he's never read it, nor has he been briefed about it, because if he had, he would know about it for this call. But listen, here the story continues. When Putin raised the possibility of extending, I underscore extending the 2010 treaty known as Start. Again, this is a treaty that Putin signed and that Putin supports. The new Start treaty. Trump paused to ask his aides in an aside what the treaty was. And and Putin just muted his phone and laughed <laughs> and just chuckled, just <laughs> chuckled like this, this monkey that I have on a string. Yeah, we actually this, this you know, I'm this monkey that I have on a leash mm-hmm. dancing for me. Yeah. In fact, uh, Russian state media released the uh, the audio of, of Putin laughing at Trump's ignorance. Here's the, that audio right here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. It's terrible. And then, uh, oh, the entire Kremlin. Here comes the Kremlin. <laughs> anyway, you get the idea. That was just it. Trump then told Putin the uh, treaty was one of several bad deals negotiated by the Obama administration, saying that New START favored Russia. Trump also, well, how does he know that? If he didn't know what the treaty was, how could he go around saying that, ah, never mind. Trump also talked about his own popularity, the sources said. Of course he did. Of course he went off about his polls and his crowd sizes and all that crap. Oh, God. The White House declined to comment. It referred uh, Reuters to the official White House account issued after the January 28 call, which did not mention the discussion about the new start. It has not been previously reported that Trump had conveyed his doubt about new start to Putin in the hour-long call. New START gives both countries until February 2018 to reduce their deployed strategic nuclear warheads to no more than 1,500, the lowest level in decades. It also limits deployed land and submarine-based missiles and nuclear-capable bombers. This is what Donald Trump is opposed to. Trump said, by the way, during a 2016 presidential debate, uh, Russia had, quote-unquote, outsmarted the United States with the treaty, which he called startup. Oh, Jesus Christ. How Jesus about uh, save us? Just, just seriously, know. sweet meteor of death. <sighs> he called it startup. I don't remember the startup thing. He asserted incorrectly that it had allowed Russia to continue to produce nuclear warheads while the United States could not. Of course, that's complete and utter horse. <laughs> he knows nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yep. There's a. Uh, the Trump crisis continuing, right? It's just, it's just shameful. How and is it, that? And, it's, and I'm worn out. How is that in any universe acceptable? 
I don't know. There, because there are different rules for this. Yeah. Americans have just decided that they just that none of that matters. None of that matters. Yep. That's exactly right. And in fact, I just wrote something like that for uh, Banter Magazine. I don't know when it's going up. I don't know if it's up yet. It's up already. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but it was just all I about. Did, I didn't read. I didn't read it, but different it. rules. Different rules for this guy, and and. <laughs> I guess it's because it's not getting through. I guess it's because education has been so decimated in the United States that people just don't know. They don't know about checks and balances. They don't know about judicial review. They don't know about things like nuclear warhead treaties and such. They're just and and he knows this and he's playing to that ignorance. It works out just fine because he's just as stupid as the rest of them. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff Sessions was confirmed by the United States Senate. Voting rights uh, in the United States are officially f***ed. Because there is no way Jeff Sessions is enforcing the Voting Rights Act or the Civil Rights Act or anything like that. So what this has basically done is this has put the final nail in the coffin for voting rights in the United States. So all those voter ID laws that have been passing at the state level, which, yeah. you know, the, the Democrats and the left have just watched as they whiff on by. Just like, there they go. Oh, another voter ID law. Well, we're not doing anything about that because we're focused on national politics. But state politics, for God's sake, people. So at the state level, all these voter ID laws have been passed, restricting voting rights. Eric Holder says that in, in many cases it's brand new Jim Crow. And in so many cases they are. Um, and now we're going to have a ter- an attorney general for at least the next four years who's going to back up that strategy, the strategy of restricting rights, voting rights, specifically for minorities, which means for Democrats. This is all about disenfranchising Democrats. So there was, a, of course, you think Donald Trump pulled the name Jeff Sessions out of his ass? Someone would say, well, we got Jeff Sessions and he'll just uh, he'll continue this march down the road of restricting voting rights in, in the United States. So, OK, OK, great. He sounds good. He endorsed me. Well, well fine, fine. We'll bring right. in Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Maybe he'll support the new startup treaty. What an idiot. But I mean, the good thing that came out of the uh, if there's any good thing that came out of the Jeff Sessions hearings and, th- and that particular vote, which was Mitch McConnell making Elizabeth Warren into a bigger superstar than she already was. This is maybe the best thing that could have happened to Elizabeth Warren's career, believe it or not. She was already doing really damn well, but then Mitch McConnell stuck his uh, slee stack face into, uh, into the proceedings. He, he really did provide an unbelievable quote. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, like the Nasty Woman t-shirts, I get it, mm-hmm. that, that made sense to me. And, yeah. you know, I've seen some, some other sort of Republican and conservative slams that were adopted, but... Yeah. Honestly, I'm not sure anything tops this. It's it's the perfect battle cry. Oh, it yeah. really is. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I I also wonder, mm, did he do it on purpose? I wonder if this because it's such a rookie mistake. Mitch McConnell made such a rookie mistake. He is the majority leader of the United States Senate. And he walked into a major, major amateur hour blunder. He just empowered not only Elizabeth Warren, but the entire anti-Trump, anti-Republican women's movement right now. Huge. He just yeah, screwed absolutely. it all up. So we're going to talk about the actual quote right after we talk about Harry's Razors. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, you know, for many, many years, I was uh, dealing with the crappiest shaving razors you could ever possibly imagine. They were the blue plastic disposable ones. I don't know what my problem was. It was just dumb, and every day I'm raking the hair off my face and just getting horrendous razor burn. It always hurt. Yeah, because you have those guys, you know the, the, the deal here. You have those areas of your face where the the beard hair is just a little bit thicker than every place else, and you just dread shaving that part. Well, now, big solution for you. Also, affordable solution for you. Harry's Razors. All right, Harry's uh, was started by two guys, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up with being overcharged for uh, for razors, so they decided to start their own razor company to give guys everywhere what they deserve, a great shave at a fair price. They bought a factory with 100 years of blade-making experience so they could make their own high-quality razors, sell them online, and ship them directly to you for half the price of the leading brand. Harry's Razors includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Five German-engineered blades, lubricating strip, flex hinge for comfortable glide, trimmer blade, I love the trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, and a weighted ergonomic handle. It feels like those, those Harry's Razors have heft to them. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their most popular trial set for free. Comes with a razor handle of your choice, five blade cartridges, and shaving gel. Free when you sign up. Just pay small fee for shipping. To redeem your free trial offer, go to harrys.com slash B-A-N-D-C right now. harrys.com slash B-A-N-D-C. <laughs> the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm trolling Chez now. Sing along at home, folks. It's like you've just—it's like you've just gone down like the rabbit hole at Spotify. The recommendations whenever you listen to one of these fucking yacht rock songs, and it just turns into yeah, Bertie Higgins and uh, Rupert Holmes. And no. me. See, I hadn't listened to this song. I hadn't heard uh, Starbucks "Moonlight Feels Right" since maybe 1978. Hadn't heard the song, hadn't thought about it until uh, Mr. Pazienza goes and trolls me on Twitter and mentions it. And I said, oh, hey, I got to play that on the show. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. You know this one. Feels right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a good song. That's not a bad song. What do you think is a terrible song? It's a cheesy song. It is a really cheesy song. That is true. There right. was, I mean, that the 70s were just <laughs> like the era of cheesy one-offs. Yeah. It's like the kind of crap I used to listen to while like, my mom was driving around. Yeah, but it has all started because I played this on the show the other day. And, and you, you didn't get it. <laughs> I love this song. And you know what's funny? You could have like, you, you mentioned... Uh, Ferguson, J. 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 Ferguson. Right. See, yeah. I couldn't have told you who the hell sung this. Yeah, <laughs> I never could have told you. That. Yeah. yeah, I don't know uh, how I ended up stumbling onto this one. Oh, I know exactly how I stumbled on both of these songs. It's that uh, I created a best of the '70s uh, playlist on iTunes. That's what I did. Maybe one of these days. Maybe on the after party, I'll talk about what songs are on that playlist. I'm sure you'll love that, Chess. So uh, moving along here with politics, so Trump didn't know what the new START treaty was. Uh, meanwhile, Mitch McConnell handed a huge victory to Elizabeth Warren. And get ready for this, because, I, you know, I, have, I rarely get T-shirts with slogans on them or any sort of printing on them. I just like the right. blank T-shirt. But if I'm going to get a T-shirt that has a slogan on it, it's going to be this. She was warned. She was given an explanation. 
Nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Which was phenomenal. Perfect. That is that is a that is something you just yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a fight. You know that that's a battle cry. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. So Mitch McConnell just provided a huge battle cry for women across the country, women around the globe, actually, who want to oppose uh, this brand of misogyny that's in the White House right now. She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. That is the slogan. That's the new slogan for uh, that that wing of the uh, resistance. And it's a big wing. So, oh yeah, I know. just want to repeat again. I mean, Mitch McConnell handed this victory over to Elizabeth Warren. How did he not know that saying something like that? Because, it, you know, these uh, talkathons, no one because watches he's arrogant. Them. Yeah, of course. Because he he's completely arrogant. And no one watches the talkathons on uh, on C-SPAN. Does anyone really watch? I mean, mass audiences do not watch these things. So no one's up at 11 o'clock at night, except for me, watching C-SPAN. And so uh, otherwise, Elizabeth Warren's uh, floor speech about Jeff Sessions would never have been heard. And what did Mitch McConnell do? He stuck his nose in it, and now it's everywhere. Right, of course, yeah. In order to be successful in politics, you have to know crap like that. You have to know that putting your name to something, even in opposition, could make that thing even more popular than it actually already is. So that's dangerous. It's like a landmine you got to really, really avoid. Even if you're just writing about this stuff or blogging about this stuff, you got to be careful because you don't want to hand a victory to the opposition. And that's exactly what Mitch McConnell did. Him and absolutely. His- well, again, McConnell is just McConnell is the worst kind of sniveling rodent. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> Someone, oh god, this is horrendous. Someone tweeted to me a picture of Mitch McConnell that they flipped upside down. Oh, I, lo- I love this one. Yes, you, have you it. seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's Mitch McConnell's head upside down, and then it's uh, <laughs> he compares Mitch McConnell's head upside down to when you're. T- starts hanging out of your boxer shorts that is fucking hilarious yeah that's good stuff uh meanwhile uh speaking of senators here we have this and this is a major major news story this is a big deal here because it, it involves a whole back and forth with the president it involves the supreme court and the president's supreme court nominee it involves a sitting united states senator and it involves the vietnam draft for god's sake so Senator uh, uh, Blumenthal met with uh, Neil Gorsuch, who's Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court. And they had a sit down to talk about various things. This tends to happen because Blumenthal is a ranking member on the Senate Judiciary Committee who's tasked with confirming uh, Neil Gorsuch. So Richard Blumenthal meets with Gorsuch. And it turns out that Gorsuch expresses to Blumenthal the fact that Trump's attacks on federal judges are demoralizing. And disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, I, the funny thing is, one thing that I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see normal become extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing to say. Yeah. That, that's not special. That's incredibly mundane yeah. to say, oh, you know what you shouldn't do? You shouldn't attack the judiciary. But in the age of Trump, it's something that bears a lot of teeth. Right. So what this does is by Gorsuch saying this and Gorsuch had to know, I mean, even if you're a federal judge, you're, you've got one foot in politics, you know, again, like Mitch McConnell, you know that this stuff is going to have an impact and you know this stuff is going to, to get out. And not only did Blumenthal confirm that Gorsuch called uh, Trump's actions on the judiciary disheartening and demoralizing, 
But Gorsuch's own uh, spokesperson confirmed the whole thing. (laughs) So a spokesman for Gorsuch later confirmed to CNN that the judge used the terms disheartening and demoralizing to describe Trump's tweets during his meeting with Senator Blumenthal. By the way, the writing on this Hill piece actually says to describe Trump's tweets during his meeting with the Blumenthal. Awesome. That's sure, why I was. <laughs> that's why I was flummoxed he's, on that He's one. a superhero, apparently. Yes. The Blumenthal. Um, so this is not only Super coming from his uh, obfuscation and speaking too much. Right. This is not only coming from Richard Blumenthal. This is also coming from a spokesman for Gorsuch who's now part of the Trump circle. He's part of the Trump loop. He's Trump's nominee for the goddamn United States Supreme Court. So it's not just a Democratic senator saying this. It's a guy on Gorsuch's staff who's saying this. Right. So, of course, Trump goes on the attack on Twitter today because Trump is, goddamn it, the biggest whiny diaper baby in the history he really is. He's a child. He is He's an un- absolute child. The idea that, that yesterday he attacked Nordstrom, and he did it apparently. I like I like the person who put together the the. I think it was uh, Bill Weir. Yeah. From uh, from was he still at ABC? I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, but he he was the one who first. I think he's the first one to notice that he did it during the time that he's supposed to be getting an intelligence briefing. Because Trump gets bored and he wants to watch TV, and so he watches TV. He's like a goddamn child. It's staggering to read about his behavior. Doesn't know what the Star Treaty was. Wait, we get we haven't even gotten to the Huffington Post article yet about the you know right. this is the euphemistic way to put it the three a.m. phone call as reported by Huffington Post. We'll get to that too. But just the whining, always whining every goddamn morning. I wake up, I go over to uh, to Trump's Twitter feed, and there he is whining. It's so sad. Yeah. The president yeah. of the United he's, States. He's, what is what is the president of the United States pissy about this morning? Yeah, exactly. Just constantly <laughs> crying. Like, he, he needs his diaper changed, or he needs his whoopee, or something like that. Everyone's against him, and everyone's making him sad, and it's so tragic and terrible. Oh, give us a goddamn break, just for once. Act like a grown-up, you son of a bitch. Jesus. Okay, so, there's this uh, Blumenthal story. So, Trump attacked Senator Blumenthal on Twitter, uh, but not necessarily about what he said with regard to Gorsuch. He basically attacked Senator Blumenthal's integrity by saying that Senator Blumenthal lied about his Vietnam War service and therefore cannot be trusted. Bear in mind that Donald Trump is a liar, not just a liar, a serial liar and a draft dodger. Donald Trump has five deferments from Vietnam, four for college and one because he had a bone spur, allegedly. So Donald Trump going after anybody about Vietnam, it just it doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever he's just but he, but he can't help it he that's can't the help thing it. of right. course it doesn't make any sense it's it's you know again but because he, he's lost nothing because of this i mean granted right, he right. has he's you know he's historically unpopular but as long as he still has his little freaking minions he doesn't care oh yeah that's right and he knows this is going to play well with his people so now his people are going to be running all around 
I assure you, if you go to like a Facebook page like Chicks on the Right or something like that, they'll be bitching about Blumenthal's Vietnam War record and not even acknowledging anything that he actually said or the fact that it was Gorsuch's own spokesman who confirmed the demoralizing and disheartening comments. So Trump tweets this. Trump tweeted this this morning. This was at about, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning. Senator Richard Blumenthal, who never fought in Vietnam when he said for years he had, in parentheses, major lie, now misrepresents what Judge Gorsuch told him? Question mark. So then Cuomo, Chris Cuomo on CNN, one of the many Cuomos, uh, had uh, Richard Blumenthal on his show, Senator Blumenthal. And and specifically brought up as the first things out of his mouth brought up Vietnam. Here's uh, here's Chris Cuomo this morning on CNN. All right. So first we have a credibility attack and then we have an attack on the facts. What is your response to the president of the United States saying you should not be believed because you misrepresented your military record in the past? Okay, there's that. That's a big deal. So, okay, Chris Cuomo starts out his questioning of Richard Blumenthal by asking him about Vietnam and the credibility problem that it might create for him. So, that was that. Then two hours later, here's what Trump tweeted. Tell me he's not talking to his f***ing hoopleheads, his ignorant morons. Here's what Trump tweeted. Chris Cuomo, in his interview with Senator Blumenthal, never asked him about his long-term lie about his brave, quote-unquote, service in Vietnam. Yeah. Fake news! Yeah, and then, CNN, and then CNN responded with, I, I really do, I do, you know, I, the problem is that nobody's going to read it. Yeah. I mean, nobody who needs to read it will, but I, I'm enjoying CNN's responses, which are just, you know, yeah. here it is, yeah. those are the facts. Right. They always they always use those words. Those are the facts. CNN has been kicking ass and they were certainly forced to do so because of Trump's behavior toward them. But but they are really kicking ass these days. They're doing the right thing. And of course, that's what Chris Cuomo did. He was like in response to this Trump tweet. Chris Cuomo was on uh, with Anderson Cooper this morning and said, ah, 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 no, I did. The first thing out of my mouth was to ask him about Vietnam. Right. So Trump is clearly lying. Wrong. Of course. Trump watched the segment, but didn't obviously either didn't see the very first question or saw it and is just lying about it, assuming that right. his people don't give a shit and his people didn't watch it and his people won't know. It's the Fox News business model. Lie now, worry about it later. And then there's the fake news thing, which is clearly like, okay, let, let's read this tweet again because I, I'm trying to get a handle on what Trump considers to be fake news. So he said, on Twitter, Chris Cuomo, in his interview with Senator Blumenthal, never asked him about his long-term lie about his brave, quote-unquote, service in Vietnam. Fake news. So here's what fake news in that context means for Donald Trump. Fake news, or just the word fake, the word fake in Donald Trump's head means, I'm too addled and delusional to accept this. Right, exactly. News. It's something I don't want to hear. Exactly. I don't want to hear this. Nah, 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 nah. Fake news, nah. <sighs> When you use when you describe Donald Trump as a toddler, I think that is the absolute best he word to describe. Is. He's it. a toddler. He's a child. He's a toddler marching around in like military garb. Like, by the way, I, I can't wait to see that. We end up going to war. How long is it going to be before Donald Trump starts dressing up in sort of faux military garb? Jesus Christ! Yeah. I wouldn't put that past him. Wouldn't put that past him at all. All right, we're going to take out. We're way late for another break. Back with more show after this. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, 
you can help finance the Bob and Chez show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez and sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month or $15 a month or whatever you can afford. If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Wrong. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Hmm. Do you feel like doing some shopping? Hmm. Try doing it at uh, Amazon.com, but make sure to go to Amazon.com through our Amazon link. That's at BobSuska.com. Just beneath the logo, you'll see in all capital letters, it says Amazon link. Click that link. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com, and you go shopping as normal. But because you went through our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy, right? Make sure to bookmark it, too. And also, if you have a small business, make sure to source all of your goods and materials through our uh, Amazon link. Thank you for doing that. All right, so moving along here. So the sequence of events was Trump tweeted that um, Richard Blumenthal never served in Vietnam. So now that's the conversation. Now it's no longer about Gorsuch. It's no longer about Trump's view on the judiciary. It's all about Blumenthal's Vietnam War service and, and being attacked by a guy who skipped out of Vietnam because he had a bone spur, allegedly. Jesus Christ. So he, so he says that... Uh, 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 <laughs> Blumenthal is not to be trusted because of Vietnam. Then Chris Cuomo on CNN asked Blumenthal about Vietnam. And then Trump, a couple hours later, says Chris Cuomo in his interview with Senator Blumenthal never asked him about his long-term lie, about his brave service in Vietnam. Fake news. That's the universe that Donald Trump occupies right now as he wanders the halls of the White House uh, in his bathrobe looking for light switches. So this brings us to... As if that wasn't enough. Just the rank ignorance and incompetence from this guy. The childish whining. Just the whiny diaper baby bull****. Someone please. I I have tweeted this so many times. Would someone please just change his diaper? This man. Maybe mean that literally. (laughs) Maybe he does wear a diaper. Could actually be true. That's why his ass looked so big and sagging getting into uh, Marine One. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, that picture. I love that picture more than life itself. Um, okay, so here's this next thing in the tennis ball machine. The tennis ball machine just ongoing, just nonstop, a battery by this thing. So we got this Huffington Post article, uh, and this is just staggering. Mm. So Donald Trump, in the middle of the night, apparently, at like 3 a.m., called his national security advisor, yeah. uh, Mike Flynn, <laughs> To ask him about the dollar. Yeah, ask him, ask him an economics question. Ask him an and again, e- remember, this is the business genius. Yeah, the business genius, the guy who knows what a great deal is. President Donald Trump was confused. And this is an amazing article at the Huffington Post. President Donald Trump was confused about the dollar. Was it, was it a strong one that's good for the economy or a weak one? 
He doesn't know. The president of the United States doesn't know this. So he made a call, except not to any of the business leaders Trump brought into his administration or even an old friend from his days in real estate. Instead, he called his national security advisor, retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, according to two sources familiar with Flynn's accounts of the incident. Flint has a long uh, record in counterintelligence, but not macroeconomics. And he told Trump he didn't know that it wasn't his area of expertise that perhaps Trump should ask an economist instead. Yeah, exactly. Trump was not thrilled with that response. <laughs> That's from the article. Okay, okay. I'm just reading toddler. <laughs> Trump was not thrilled with that response, but he didn't know himself. How does he expect his lieutenant general national security advisor to know? Trump didn't know, but he's not happy that his other guy didn't know. (sighs) Trump was not thrilled with that response, but that may have been a function of the time of day. Trump had placed the call at 3 a.m., according to one of Flynn's retellings, although neither the White House nor Flynn's office responded to requests for confirmation about that detail. So it's entirely possible that this is not... Fully confirmed, I understand that. But I think it's it's couple two sources. I think that's good enough. Two sources say that the call took place at 3 a.m. Donald Trump is awake at 3 a.m. wondering about the dollar, whether not and not where it is, not where it stands right now, but whether it's good that it's weak or good that it's strong. So he doesn't even understand what the metric is. So if the dollar is doing better against the Japanese yen, for example, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Trump doesn't know. And instead of calling his economic advisors or even his chief of staff who can track down someone to find out, Trump calls Mike Flynn in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. The president of the United States, who is going on 71 years old, is wandering around the White House at 3 a.m. wondering about the dollar. And then calling his national security advisor to find out. Jesus, God, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. fucked. And you know what? We've been lucky so far. Because we're coming up on, what is it, three weeks in? I don't know how many weeks in. And we haven't really faced a major crisis as a nation. Right. Somewhere in the world. The, I mean, the closest thing was the, uh, was the terrorist attack in Canada, and then the other thing was this Yemen raid, which was, of course, uh, completely botched. But he's making it seem like it was a huge success. Oh, and I, by the I way. I love that. That's another, another one from the tennis ball machine. Yeah, it's, there you uh, go. It's his, his you know, th- thing about what a great success it was. Yeah. It wasn't. But, I mean, here they are saying that they're pulling out the old uh, Bush strategy, the Bush-era strategy, that... In criticizing the botched raid, we're dishonoring the the memory of yep. Coma- Commando Ryan from the right. SEAL yep. Team 6. Yep. And that's what they're doing. So let's see. If we were to criticize, hmm, I don't know, what happened at Benghazi, are we dishonoring the memories of the four Americans who were killed there? I guess we are. So what did that say? No, but see, because that's something Republicans want to use. So Right. What does that say, though, about the, I don't know, two dozen investigations they held uh, to uh, probe Benghazi? Jesus Christ. And that's not the worst. I mean, it just continues on and on, this Huffington Post article. Here's the big quote. This is the quote that was circulating. This is uh, from Elliot Cohen, a senior State Department official under President George W. Bush and a member of his National Security Council. He says, I've been in this town for 26 years. 
I have never seen anything like this referring to Trump. I genuinely do not think this is a mentally healthy president. Everyone sees it. And slowly but surely, more and more people are going to be speaking out like this. That the president of the United States is mentally unfit to hold office. If I think that I think that's something that should be a refrain. I genuinely do. I yeah. think that's I think that's something that Congress people should be talking about. That that I mean that should honestly be it should be those exact words. Yeah, and you j- just wait until there's a major terrorist attack, or wait till uh, Putin tries something crazy. Like for example, there you know uh, one of the things that was happening. I just caught a headline or two this morning about how. Uh, Russian bombers are engaging in exercises near uh, the UK, <laughs> close to England. Awesome. And so England has to scramble jets to keep an eye on the bombers. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if, if some other nation did that and, and Trump was involved somehow? We, we have to be seriously considering whether or not this guy can make adequate uh, and, and sober decisions. And Even think, in the most and minor, I think, and problem. I think our allies again. This is something. Yeah. This is hugely important. I think our allies need to come to our defense in a manner of speaking. Yeah. I think they need to speak up and say. I mean, I get that it sets a bad precedent, but they need to speak up and say, "Look, you know what? You are the big. You're still no matter no matter how insane you are. You're the big kid on the block, and that makes you a threat. Yep. That makes you the biggest danger to the world in so many different ways. Oh yeah, uh, militaristically, economically, you name it. So you know what? We have an issue with your president. Yep. We think we have gathered to basically say that your president is nuts. Yeah." And, and we're going to start pulling our diplomats and we're going to start cutting you off. I'm telling you, at some point, they're going to start talking about how, how do we get this guy out? How do we how do we manipulate the playing board so that it forces him out? Because you can't have the world. I mean, again, the United States is the cornerstone to the whole ball game. Right, exactly. The United States goes completely destabilized and suddenly the whole thing comes crashing yeah. down. Yeah, when we when we sneeze, everybody gets a cold. Exactly. This ex- thank you for putting it that way. That's perfect. This Huffington Post article continues on. I want to read a little bit more of this, but we have to take one last break. Back with more show right after. Oh, this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. And the we Bob and Chez the Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. 
Alright, what are you bitching about now? And now we're in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, you know what? F*** me for playing songs that people like. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just giving you crap. It's part of my job. Uh, I know. And, and a fine job you do, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, moving along here. What was I going to talk about? Okay, right. We got more of this Huffington Post article. I want to read three paragraphs here. Three, three brief paragraphs. There's the matter of Trump's briefing materials, for example. The commander-in-chief doesn't like to read long memos. A White House aide who was asked right. to remain unnamed told the Huffington Post. So preferably, they must be no more than a single page. They must have bullet points, but not more than nine per page. So nine must be the magical number, like he loses interest after nine things. Small things can provide him great... We're talking about the President of the United States here. Small things can provide him great joy or generate intense irritation. Trump told the New York Times that he's fascinated with the phone system inside the White House. At the same time, he's registered a complaint about the hand towels aboard Air Force One, the White House aide said. because They're too big. (laughs) They're too gigantic for his hands. Can you imagine? It's like it's like he's got like to his hands the hand towels are like a California king sheet, but it's the the truth is he doesn't like the hand towels because they're not soft enough. Yeah, they're not soft enough. Because <laughs> you know his little stumps are, are quite delicate. He's got to keep his uh, his hands com- doused and soaking in emollients and aloe. We have, we have, and... The, we have the classiest <laughs> Air Force One. Did I just say emollients? I don't even know what that is. He's been particularly obsessed with the performance of his aides on cable television. Past presidents typically didn't make time to watch their press secretary's daily briefings with reporters, but Trump appears to have made it part of his routine. Saturday Night Live's weekly skewering of his administration is similarly on his much-watched list. (sighs) Richard Nephew, a State Department expert on Iran sanctions under Obama, said some of the leaks from the agencies are likely efforts to let the public know that their advice has not been followed in the event something bad happens down the road. So as I said a while back, it's cover your ass. That's where the leaks are coming from. So everyone believes that this guy is going to be a disaster. Not only staffers, but bureaucrats down the line are like looking at what he's doing and go, this isn't going to go anywhere good. Yeah. And they're just, what they're doing is they're washing their hands of this impending doom. Yep. So they're basically like the row of uh, audience members in the front row of a uh, Gallagher concert. <laughs> They're just holding up the plastic tarps That's so, right, so yeah. they don't get hit when the watermelon explodes. Oh, God. Meanwhile, do you know, um, I mean, we all know this. Trump keeps saying that he doesn't know Putin, that he never met him. This week. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I, that was I mean, again, that was one of those. That was one of those lies that's just all you have to do is go back to his his uh, uh, past comments to yeah. see what bull that is. Oh, exactly. So I mean, and, and that and that that was that was probably the best lie to sort of prove that he may not actually know when he's lying. It just reality is whatever he needs it to be at any given moment. Well, and that's and that's not only part of his psychosis, but it's also part of being like a pitch man. As a pitch man, you say whatever you're talking about is the greatest thing ever. And right. whoever contradicts that is the worst thing ever. So uh, Trump, once again, this is on Tuesday while we were doing the show. Trump tweeted, I don't know Putin. I have no deals in Russia, and the haters are going crazy. In fact, we called we called these uh, uh, the uh, Tuesday haters. show haters uh, because of this. 
And the, the haters president are, of the United States using yeah. the word haters. Yet Obama can make a deal with Iran, number one in terror, no problem. But again, he denied he doesn't know Putin. But he, he denied he denied he doesn't know Putin. And if you read the subtext of that, it's another whine. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Obama made a deal, and he everybody said it was okay. But me, nobody likes nobody like me. Yeah, no one likes my deals, and his deals suck. Uh, here's Trump actually praising Putin. This is one of Trump's. Big, sloppy, pornographic for Vladimir Putin. Do you have a relationship with Vladimir Putin, a conversational relationship or anything that you feel you have sway or influence over his government? I do have a relationship and (laughs) I can tell you that he's very interested in what we're doing here today. He's probably very interested in what you and I are saying today and I'm sure he's going to be seeing it in some form. But I do have a relationship with him and I think... uh, it's very interesting yes, to see I'm what's go- happening. I'm going I mean, look- to actually report it to him since I'm his spy. <laughs> as soon as this is over, I'll be right. calling him and telling him what we said. And the little see, see look at my. Uh, oh, I would I would normally say look at my tie bar, but <laughs> since he doesn't have one, he's got scotch tape on the back of his fucking tie. Uh, look, look, see this button right here on my shirt? This is actually a camera yeah. that feeds directly to Putin's office in the Kremlin. So say hi. He's wearing like a makeshift wire under his shirt, and he's got it right. taped down and everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's what the tape is for. That's the tape right. is for the wire. That's right. But it's it's not just any wire. It's the very best wire. It's a terrific that's wire. Right. It's very, very, yeah, this it's mo- very classy wire. The wire I'm wearing is the classiest wire you will ever know. It is a very, very terrific, very tremendous wire. Any other wire is sad and weak. I get the best wire from Putin, who I don't know. <laughs> Wink. China. Jesus Christ. So there he is talking about how he knows how he knows Putin. And again, you just that's another one of those things that you just look at and you're like that uh, Oberman is right. Oberman is right when he goes off. He's, you know, I get that he sounds like and he accepts that he sounds like a crazy person. He yeah. sounds like he's spouting hyperbole. Right. But the truth is he's not. Mm-mm. This is he, he has a mental problem. Yeah. He is mentally unsound. He is unhinged. He is unfit to be president of the United States. Yeah. And right after that interview ended, Putin actually entered the room, dropped his pants, and then just Donald Trump went to town. Just like yep. <laughs> it's so disgusting. China. Jesus Christ. What a way to end the show, huh? But that's really what it is. I mean, it's just Donald Trump has knows he's got that, that Russia's got all kinds of compromising material on him. And obviously. He is the only guy. Vladimir Putin is the only guy that Donald Trump will never criticize. And if you need any more evidence that Russia has compromising material on Donald Trump, that's all you need to know. Donald Trump stretching that little anus mouth of his around. I mean, how can you put that aside at this point? How can you possibly look at everything, at all this circumstantial evidence, the pile of it, and say, oh, no, there's no link there? Yeah, no link at all. I saw someone tweet today, uh, whatever happened to the Russia story? Anyone talking about that anymore? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, David David Korn wrote about it today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't Mother Jones. It's David Korn going, hey, there's this thing, probably the biggest story there is out there. Don't forget. Well, that's why, that's why I really hope that, that what's happened is that, that basically the, the story's gone quiet only in the sense that there are teams of journalists, I pray, teams of journalists working behind the scenes who are cracking, you know, who are basically working to break the story wide open. Oh, yeah. And you got to know that guys like uh, 
uh, places like TMZ and yeah. so on are, are going and after hoping, those videos. And I'm hoping that when the bomb drops, I'm yeah. hoping that, that it's the kind of thing that it's been quiet for a little while and Trump thinks he got away with it. Exactly. By the way, I wonder if that's what Congress is doing, because Congress has not sent Donald Trump a single piece of legislation. We're now a few weeks into the Donald Trump presidency, and he hasn't signed a single law. I mean, there was this couple of ceremonial laws on Inauguration Day, declaring it day of ultimate, very, very tremendous patriots or something like that. And, uh, and that was it. And since then, there hasn't been a single piece of legislation. I wonder why. I wonder if it's Congress waiting for the uh, protesters to war- wear themselves out. Maybe they think that's going to happen, and then they're waiting for that. I don't know. They're not sending him anything, that's for sure. Certainly not going to be Obamacare repeal anytime soon. (laughs) Incompetent assholes. All right, post-mortem show is up next. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Go and support the show. Why don't you? Thank you for doing it in advance. We'll see you over on the uh, post-mortem show, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.